are underway at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mad Dog Pod. I'm Nate. I'm Gabe. And I'm Andrew. Today we're going to be doing another breakdown of the Indian season. This time we obviously have a lot more information about the Indian season, some new cool updates, and some games against the Pirates and just inter-squad exhibition games that we can bring into the discussion. So we're going to start off with a couple of updates to the schedule compared to what we said last time. So Andrew, what's new about our NL Central games? All right, so last time we said that it was going to be uh, pretty evenly split amongst the teams in the NL Central, but now over the last couple weeks we got an update. So it's four games against the Reds and the Cubs, three against the Cardinals and the Brewers, and six games against the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. So I think this is really, really good news for Tribe fans because if you like look at the NL Central... Probably the two best teams going into the season this year. You could argue the Reds are up there with the other two, but the two best and most likely to like be the best team in the NL Central this year are probably the Brewers and the Cardinals, and we only play them a combined six times, and obviously the Cubs and the Reds are also up there, but we only play them each four times, and we get six games against the Pirates, who we've already smacked in two exhibition games, Probably going to beat them again on Wednesday, which is probably the day this is going out in the exhibition game. So it's probably the best possible configuration of our NL Central games that we could possibly get. So that's great news for Tribe fans. I'm really excited that we got that. Another interesting thing about our schedule, which because of fans probably isn't that important, but the MLB did come out and say today that they might consider having fans towards the end of the season which would be a cool sort of update to the whole season and something that we can look out for, is seven of our 10 games against the Twins are in Minnesota, which obviously there's no fans, but like still because of like travel reasons and having to live in a hotel and not at their house, that might affect the Indians. So we'll have to keep a lookout on how we do in Minnesota. Recently, we've also got an update, not regarding the schedule, but regarding the Indians pitching staff. So it was in question, basically the bottom three of the rotation, and, and also whether or not we take five starters or six. Yes. Um, we knew Bieber and Clevenger were locks, but we didn't know about Carrasco since he is immune compromised, whether he was going to go with the season, but he's decided to play. He's our third star- starter. Then it goes uh, fourth and five is Savali and Plesak, and Plutko will be put into the bullpen. But say Carrasco decides to opt out in the last second, then Plutko will take over that fifth starter. Yeah, so Pluko will definitely be a great addition to the bullpen, especially in one of those games where our starter starts off slow or maybe takes like a line drive off the leg. You can just plug Pluko in and he'll go like four to five innings out of the bullpen. So I think that's going to be a really good benefit for the Indians to have someone in the bullpen who can go really, really long like that. Hopefully it doesn't hurt future contract negotiations with Pluko that we aren't giving him a starting role because he's probably going to be filling in the Carlos Carrasco role as Carlos, you know, like ages out of our team and probably doesn't get another contract from us because he's either going to be asking for too much money or like he's just it's just not worth keeping Carlos because of all of the off the field issues that he has. And so the other 
players you need to pay. Yeah. So hopefully Pluko's fine with it. It seems like from all the updates we've gotten that Pluko is okay with it. So at least now we know into the season, we are going with your typical five-man rotation with Pluko out of the bullpen. I think now we should just go like position by position, area by area of the team, and discuss the team. So I think to start, we'll finish up the starting pitchers. So we mentioned the order. It's pro- It's going to be Bieber, Clevenger, Carrasco, Savale, then Plesak, usually for our rotation. Um, Savale and Plesak are two good up-and-coming pitchers. Not much to talk about there. They have shown potential, but they've been a little bit inconsistent, so we'll have to see them step up in the coming years. They showed signs of really good control and really good, especially with Plesak, showed a lot last year. But towards the end of the season, he's sort of dropping off. And then Savali came up really at the end of the season and was yeah. playing some pitching some big games when we were in the hunt against the Twins. Yeah, so they'll probably be locking down the five spots. We might be plugging in a player like Adam Pluko into that rotation or even going deeper into our uh, like development program with players like um, Logan Allen and maybe even Jeffrey Rodriguez. Jeffrey Rodriguez. But I, I doubt they'll get yeah. any time. So those are our starting pitchers. At the top, we are still super, super powerful like we have been in the past. It's not the typical names that we used to have uh, like Bauer and Kluber, but Bieber and Clevenger have arguably already filled those shoes and stepped up to the ability of a Bauer and a Kluber. Like they're two of probably the five or six favorites for the AL Cy Young this year. I personally think Bieber is gonna be top three in Cy Young votes this season and lead the league in strikeouts. He's a powerful pitcher. So those are two guys to definitely look out for the Indians and a really good bright spot in our uh, in our starting rotation and for us that we, even though we've traded away a bunch of starting pitchers, lost two who were supposed to be insane to injuries in Danny Salazar and Carrasco, we still have really, really good pitchers and have one of the best rotations in the league. So after that, I guess we can go into the bullpen. This has been an issue for the Indians in like forever we've always had troubles within the bullpen we usually have good closers and late bullpen pitchers but the in-between guys have never really been our best obviously everybody remembers cody allen he was a little bit underrated in cleveland not the best closer we've had though he has most of our records because he was here for a long time and then of course everybody remembers the whole run that we had in the 2016 playoffs with cody allen pitching like every single playoff game then, as well as andrew miller and brian shaw also came yeah. in as like a yeah. setup guy so None of those guys are still here. Our bullpen has been entirely flipped over. Like, the only guy who I think has been here since those times is, like, Oliver Perez. And he's, like, 39 at this point. So he won't have that big of a role. The main figure for us is going to be Brad Hand. Unfortunately, last night, or as of recording last night, this was Monday night for anyone listening, um, he did give up a home run in the one inning he pitched against the Pirates. It was to Josh Bell, though, so, like, somewhat acceptable. Josh Bell's a great hitter. Yeah. Hopefully Brad Hand will turn that around and perform close to what he did last year. Last year, looking at the bullpen, I thought they were overrated. They were actually ranked pretty highly, but it's really because our starters would go so deep (laughs) into games, so they would never get used. So guys like Tyler Clippard, who, like, don't really possess that. Like, they're good location guys, but they just don't possess enough power to get it past people really we're looking really good for in terms of era and uh uh like walks and whip but uh like we have oliver perez coming back who was 
useful, but he would blow some games, which is a problem. The guy I mentioned in our previous Indians podcast that I really like, James Karinchak, coming up from AAA, struck out over 50% of his batters he faced. He's a flamethrower. And then another young guy that we have put in the bullpen, even though in the minors he's been a starter, Jeffrey Rodriguez might be getting put into games in the bullpen. He's listed on our website as a bullpen pitcher. So those, like, Rodriguez and Pluka will be our long relievers. And then you have a guy that showed a lot of potential last year, Nick Whitgren. He came in at the start of the season and was really good. And then he sort of, he went through ebbs and flows uh, later on in the season, but that's expected when you're just starting to uh, come out of the bullpen. Um, and then, obviously, we mentioned Brad Han as our closer. Mm-hmm. He's been an all-star before. I hope he can still be that all-star. Obviously, Josh Bell hit a home run off him last night, but he's got the stuff to be a great closer. So I'm I'm not too worried about him. Yeah, he's going to be the guy probably... Like he's gonna be the most important name to look out for in our bullpen by far. The biggest worry that I have, and I think a lot of Indians fans have had in the past couple of years, is how many of our pitchers are right-handed. Our entire starting rotation is right-handed, like literally every single one, and everyone in our bullpen except Brad Hand, who's our closer, Oliver and Perez. Oliver Perez are right-handed. We have two left-handed pitchers in our entire roster, so if uh. If in a game Tito wants to switch it up and we're going into facing a like majority left-handed part of a lineup, the only option we have is either to use Brad Hand, which we won't do because he's our closer, so we're saving him for the ninth inning, or to use Oliver Perez, who who did play that lefty specialist role last yeah, year. So Oliver Perez, like he's a great pitcher, he, but. The worry is he's 39, and he can't be doing as much. I think he's actually 38. But he can't be doing as much and carrying as much of a load as he did last year. So I think the Indians, honestly, are either going to be calling up somebody who is a left-hander or looking to trade for a left-handed bullpen pitcher because, like, we cannot only have righties. You could see Logan Allen maybe coming to the bullpen in that uh, situation. But also, there are right-handed pitchers that are good against left-handed hitters. Mm -hmm. It just depends. So it's not always like... like, And there are left-handed hitters who just crush left-handed pitchers. So it all depends on the matchup with certain players. So one guy also that I didn't talk about that I want to see, Hunter Wood, we acquired him last year, I think. And he had some pretty good stats. um, But he didn't pitch a lot last year. But I, I, I think he's really good. And I want to see him do more. And I hope he gets more opportunities than he got last year. I think the big thing for our bullpen, though, is going to be how Oliver Perez performs and if he can stay healthy. Because last year he did have a huge role in our bullpen being the only lefty. He's probably going to carry that role, too. Side note, he's a super nice guy at the Home Run Derby. I went in to buy a hat at one of the stores in Progressive Field. And he was just there like with his kid buying a hat. And... No one else in the store recognized him besides me. Because, like, honestly, I bet you if you ask majority of Indians fans, they don't even know who Oliver Perez is or, like, Unfortunately, can describe what he looks like. He's not bad. So, I got a picture with Oliver Perez. Cool guy. I hope he does well for us this year. He's going to have a really big uh, role to play on our team, in our bullpen, especially since we have a pretty young bullpen. Uh, my final comment about the bullpen. We've mentioned that it is somewhat young with the new guys coming up, and... We saw with the Cody Allen, Brian Shaw, Andrew Miller, how well that worked when you got three guys that you just know work together. So you got Brian Shaw coming in, then you got Andrew Miller, then you got Cody Allen. Like, 
Who's going to be that guy to lead into Brad Hand to close? Yeah. Is it going to be Karinchak? Is it going to be Hunter Wood? Is it going to be Nick Whitgren? We don't know. So that those those holes need to be fledged out before the season and during the season. Yeah, so now I think we should move on to the catcher position. This one will be super quick. Obviously, our catcher is Roberto Perez. I think he's extremely underrated in Cleveland. And low-key this year, he's overrated by the media. I saw him on ESPN ranked as the number three catcher in the league. He is. Which, okay, defensively, he's the best catcher in the league. Yes. He doesn't have the strongest arm. That probably goes to Gary Sanchez. But Gary Sanchez it's sucks. Can't, can't block. He can't block and he doesn't have fast feet. So, in terms of throwing a runner out, I'm taking Roberto, Roberto Perez above anyone else in the league, except Jan Gomes. That dude has is a god yeah. at throwing runners but out. But trading Jan Gomes was the right yeah. decision last year. I hated it. Jan Gomes was probably my favorite Indians player, but it's the right decision, especially since how Roberto Perez performed this past season. He only hit 239, but he had 24 home runs, and like with his defensive work... If he can hit 240 this year, that's all we need. Yeah, I mean, looking at Roberto Perez, uh, I mean, I remember a couple years ago when I just used to chirp this guy because he was hitting, like, you know, 150 at the plate. But he's honestly come a long way since then. And uh, I I think because he's upgraded his hitting a lot, I think he could be a really good piece, especially with his defensive game for the Indians this year. Yeah, I think he's, like, without a doubt at this point, the best defender in the league. He got gold glove in the AL this year. So I'm looking for him to play a massive role in our team this year. I mean, we saw, we saw in like flurries who'll have these great games, like the Red Sox in the, in the 2016 playoffs, he hit three home runs against them in one game. Like he's got the power. It's just all about consistency with him. Mm -hmm. But honestly, like you said, if he's continuing to play that great defense behind the plate, blocking balls in the dirt and keeping runners from moving into scoring position, that's all I want for yeah, him. I I'll, don't really care about his offense. He can hit between like 220 and 250 with the defense, and he would be like a major upgrade on the majority of catchers in the league. Because catchers like offensively are not yeah. going to be a key point in Mauer your team. Mauer is like the left. Yeah, except for like Gary Sanchez because of his power. But yeah. like that's yeah. just not what catchers do for your team. And he does so much more in terms of like being a leader on the field. Like, if any of you watched the game on Monday night, he was in the dugout every single inning discussing, like, potential moves and things like that with Terry Francona. He was by his side. So I think that Roberto Perez plays a much bigger role in the team. One thing that I do quickly want to add about Roberto Perez, and this goes for our entire starting lineup, is, well, not the outfielders because they get injured sometimes, but Roberto Perez genuinely could play every single game this season. They're obviously going to rest him because he is a catcher, and it's by far the most wearing position in the in the yeah. game. But this guy loves to play, and since it's only 60 games, expect him to play like 50 of them, which will be super big for our team, given that like the pitchers will get really comfortable with him, and he'll get comfortable in his spot in the order between like 6, 7, and 8. Also, the guy coming in for him when he does rest, Sandy Leone, he's a serviceable catcher, played with the Red Sox, had like... He bursted on the scenes with the Red Sox and was really good with hitting. Defensively, he's not on par with Roberto Perez, but he's just a serviceable catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's I would compare him more to maybe like Chris Jimenez or um, uh, who Plowecki. Kevin Plowecki yeah. was the guy. We, he's basically that. But he's going to be playing much less of a role given how short the season is. Yes. So like honestly, Sandy Leon doesn't matter 
for us. He's going to play like 5 to 15 games, and it won't be that big of a deal. It's just going to be to give Roberto a little bit of rest. I'm excited for Roberto this season. Kind of along the same lines of what we just said about playing every single game, we'll dive into our infield. Our start, starting infield is locked. It's going to be Carlos Santana at first, Cesar Hernandez, our new acquisition, at second, Jose Ramirez at third, and Lindor at short. So yesterday we put out a poll where we said, where do you think our infield counting the catcher ranks this season? And the majority of you said in the top five or in the top ten. I personally think if we're counting catcher, we have the best infield in the league when you take catcher into account. Because infields like the Astros are hurt a lot by having Martin Maldonado as their catcher because he's like boof he's as hell. Won, he's won Golden Glove before. No, but he literally has barely hit above like 210 in his career. Sure. And last year for the Astros, he hit like 165 or something horrible. I was looking it up yesterday. <laughs> but we're definitely top like two or three. Like we're... We're ranked top three right now by the majority of websites behind the Cubs and the Astros for our infield. And if you throw Roberto Perez into that, it's much better. But I think the coolest thing about our infield this year is not only that none of them miss games. Like besides Jose's minor injury and Lindor's to start last year, Carlos, Cesar, Lindor, and Jose have played almost every single game of every season the past three years. And... All four of them are switch hitters, which is the first time that's happened in MLB history since 1964. So, and they're the first four hitters in our order too. Our order is most likely going to be uh, Cesar Hernandez, then Jose, which is a new position for him. He usually doesn't hit in the two hole. Then Lindor at three and Carlos at four, followed by Franmil. So I think having four switch hitters to lead off our, our team and having the infielders all be our first four hitters is going to cause a lot of problems for teams because it's like usually you plan your pitching changes yeah. based around what side the batter coming up bats on or like where in the order you are. If there's like three righties, you're going to put in a lefty. But they can't do that for the major- like for the heart of our lineup, which is really crucial for the Tribe this season. Having guys and de- defensively yeah. were insane. I-, I don't know if you guys have seen, but there was a – Play in Pittsburgh where Lindor is a ball hit up on the up the middle on the second base side. Yeah. Lindor dives across the second base side, flips it to Hernandez. Hernandez almost turns the double play. And even though they didn't, it just shows you the type of potential that this infield has infield has. And it already shows that there is chemistry between Cesar Hernandez and Francisco Lindor. So I can't wait to see them play together. Yeah, I think defensively, we are going to be the best defensive team in the league. Like, we have the best defensive catcher. We have the best defensive shortstop. Jose Ramirez isn't the best defensive third baseman because there's so many good defensive third basemen. But he's easily top 10, and he does a great job at third base. Cesar is a top defensive second baseman, and Carlos is a top defensive first baseman. And all of our outfielders are really fast and cover like the outfield well. So I think we're set up for an amazing defensive season. Now that we've talked about all the positives of the infield, some negatives we could see. We talked about just Carlos Santana. He's getting a year older and offensively, I don't expect the same output he had at the beginning of the season. We mentioned this previously, but if he can keep the same walk numbers and mostly stay around his home run, home run numbers from last year, I don't care if his percentage drops, if he can still be like, the power hitter and get on base a lot. I think I'll be fine with that, mm-hmm. even if his uh, hitting his batting average drops. Yeah. One more quick thing on the infield, and then we'll move into the DH spot because that's our fifth hitter in the lineup. Um, I personally think that the Indians infield, 
this should be like well known. They're going to carry us this year. If you look at our exhibition games, like the first exhibition game that we played, every single hit we had was by the first four hitters in the lineup, and they scored all of our runs. Jose had a three RBI double, then uh, Lindor hit him in, and then Carlos hit in Lindor, I think, and that was all five of our runs. So our team is make or break on the infield, and any output from the bottom of the order is just going to be bonus. But I think on the point about Carlos potentially falling off, Jose will hopefully fill for that because in the second half of last year, after the All-Star break, he was back to his normal self, hitting 300, doing really well. But the main guy who I'm expecting, and I said this in the last episode where we talked about the Indians, to fill in for any loss in output from Carlos is Franmo Reyes, who's going to be hitting fifth in our lineup and most likely all the time DHing because obviously now there is the rule that even at NL parks, you do have the DH. So Franmil is one of those guys in the MLB. He's still really young, but he's just like your traditional power hitter. He doesn't strike out as much as a player like Aaron Judge or other big famous power hitters like Ortiz or anybody, but Franmil does have an issue with striking out. I'm expecting him to hit, if he can hit anywhere around like 250, 260, and get his 40... Well, he won't get 40 home runs again. But if he can get, like, 15 home runs in the 60 20, games... 15. 20 would be insane. 20 would be really good. Yeah. Because that would be on track for, like, a 55 yeah. home run season. Yeah, probably 15 is more. Yeah, like, 10 to 15 home runs for him in the 60 games. He's doing exactly what his role is on our team. He doesn't need to hit for contact, especially considering our outfield, who are all just contact hitters, pretty much. So I'm excited for the role Franmo will have. I think a lot of Indians fans kind of like played, uh, pushed, like kind of pushed it away when we signed him because it did mean we lost Trevor Bauer. And he started off kind of, well, he started off actually hot with the Indians. He hit like two doubles in the first three games and got thrown out on aggressive base running on every single hit that he had. But like Indians fans, every time they talked about him, were like, oh, well, like this is what we got for Trevor Bauer. But I think Franmo is going to be a big part of our team in the coming years, and I think he slots in perfectly in our team. Potentially, in next year, he'll be our four-hitter if we don't sign back Carlos, but we'll see. I think he's going to have a big breakout season. Acquiring Franmo last year was, uh, wasn't was about that year. It was about the future because yeah. we have his options for a while. Um, but if he can be like the Edwin Encarnacion, he's, he's not going to be... Edwin Encarnacion, because the production Edwin put up was just insane. I know he doesn't get... He was sort of hated on in his time in Cleveland, but he actually put up really great production. If he can be just a deep ball threat and someone you can't really pitch around, our top five of the lineup is... It's going to be hard to get past. It'll be one of the best in the league. Obviously, teams like the Dodgers, Yankees, Yankees and Astros, who have like five all-stars to lead off their team will have better ones than us but we'll definitely be competitive up there with the best at the top of our team so now we're going to go into the outfield so at left field uh we're going to have bradley zimmer and center field is going to be mercado obviously uh i don't think anyone didn't see that coming but right field is going to be naquin yeah, so I think this is going to be our lineup the majority of the time. It's what we've been putting out in all of our exhibition games. And our in our inner squad scrimmages, what we've generally been doing is we've had the starting infield together with the backup outfielders. 
and the starting outfielder, so these three, together with the backup infielders, just so it's like a more even game, and so that the infielders can work together and the outfielders can work together because they obviously have to get chemistry. I think that actually this year... Okay, so before I go into this, for anyone who is listening to this and already listened to our last season preview, I'm ridiculously high on the Indians this year. I predict us to be a top two seed in the AL, mainly because of how easy our schedule is. But after watching our exhibition games, I'm doubling down on that. I okay, think, we've I, had like two exhibition games. Yes, but we've looked disgusting. Like, and it's that the game, Pirates. That game Monday night, every, <laughs> every single ball that was hit by us was hard hit. Like, we had, like, four doubles that were robbed from us, and we still put up ten runs. I think our team is... <laughs> it's the Pirates. It's, it is the Pirates, and, like, it's only a couple of games. But the potential our team has shown is absurd. Like, we have, like, five guys hitting 400 in the exhibition games. Like, okay. Zimmer has looked like old Zimmer. The potential... In squad scrimmages, he's looked really good, and Zimmer, he's done really well. Zimmer's looked like the player we thought he was going to become back in 2017 before he got all the injuries. Naquin has been progressing pretty well. He hasn't been doing as good as Zimmer, but he's also looked really good, and he's got a really strong arm in right field. Mercado, honestly, has looked the worst of the worst of the three. Which is surprising. Which is very surprising, given last season. But if there were any of those three that I would want to like look the worst, it would be him, because I can I can expect him to at least like I've seen him consistently put up output last season and I yeah. haven't seen Zimmer and Naquin be consistent. So it's really, really nice to see all three of them sort of coming together into like a solid young outfield. It's good to see Zimmer back because there were some questions coming in the season like, was he even gonna make the roster? And then I think he's shown enough it's impressive that he's shown enough to Terry Francona to make that roster. There's some questions whether Fran Mill would go in the outfield or Domingo Santana, but obviously that's the main guys we're going to go with. But don't be surprised to see platoon swaps yeah. and see guys like Greg Allen, Luplo, Delino De Shields. Yep, Delino De Shields, Domingo Santana, Jake Bowers, all in there just to give some guys rest. And because, especially coming off injuries, I don't know if Bradley Zimmer. You can rely on him enough to consistently play the outfield position every yeah, day. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to want him to play the outfield position every day just because of the wear and tear. Like last season, they tried putting him in, it was either the AAA team or the AA team to end the season, and he literally refused because he did not want to get hurt, which now, looking back on it, he changed his swing in yeah. that time, and now his swing looks a thousand times better. But that's also a little worrisome that he couldn't even keep up with like a minor league schedule for a whole season. So we got to see what happens to Zimmer throughout the year. Talking about Zimmer's swing, we've seen previously that high fastballs have, especially inside, have really killed him. And according to Clevenger, this new approach that he has has stopped that completely. He can actually catch up to high inside fastballs and defend that. It's not the pitch he wants, but he can at least catch up to it and, and foul it off. And go deep in the count. And it's not just like an easy out. Because the scouting report will, on him for every pitcher. Throw high fastball when you get up in the count. Because mm-hmm. he likes the, he likes to swing at that pitch. And he's not going to hit it. If any of you want to look at what we're talking about. And see it yourself. If you look up his at-bats from the game on Monday on YouTube. He had a really good. I think it was his second at-bat of the game. Which ended in I think a single. I want to say it was a single, but essentially he got down two strikes and you can see him like 
set up differently. He shortens his swing, chokes up on the bat, and he fought off multiple high fastballs while the announcers and Terry Francona were literally talking about how he changed his swing to do that. So it's really good to see a player like him adapting his swing to the strategy that people are using against him. Because, I mean, like, even Naquin had the same problem at the start of his career, and I haven't seen Naquin's swing change enough to counter, like, high-velocity fastballs. So we'll see how that works. But I I love Zimmer's new swing. Last night, he looked amazing. And hopefully, he will play enough where he can impact our team in anywhere from 6 to 9 in the order because that's where um, Roberto and our three outfielders are going to be hitting almost all the time. Because I I think Terry Francona is going to have that top four in the order for the entire season. Like, Cesar has looked amazing as a leadoff man. And although Jose usually doesn't hit second, he's also looked great there too. It's kind of a good, interesting second hitter in the lineup to have because he's not your, like, traditional two-hitter who's just going to move the runner over with, like, a a bloop single or something like that. Like, he has the power to just straight up hit a home run in the first inning. But he's also fast enough that he can get on base if Cesar doesn't and take a base base off a steal and then have a runner in scoring position with one out. Or, like we've seen, extend singles into doubles, uh, like, if the outfielder's caught off guard. Yeah, so, like, I think Cesar and Jose will be a good one-two punch at the top. And then Lindor is kind of the same hitter as both of them, too. He's a little bit... He's not as good on the bases as a Jose. But, like, Lindor is also great for contact, great for power. You get one of those three on base, and then you got Carlos and Fran to deal with, who could potentially punch in a nice, like, two-run homer in the first inning. We're, we've talked about those top five, but I'm actually sort of excited to see what the bottom uh, four of the Indians do. I mean, we're moving our leadoff hitter last year from the... From the first spot down to probably the sixth spot. I think I think Oscar might actually be batting Nine. ninth this yeah, year. Yeah, because it's a good lead, o- the, yeah. lead over to Cesar. But put him you, in the Michael Bourne role. Yeah, when you got a guy, when you can move your guy down there, and if he still produces at the same level, we're gonna be a great lineup. Yeah, and if we see like guys like Naquin get back to the form he was last year, and Zimmer get back to showing the potential. He has shown throughout his career. This could be a really dangerous lineup. And regardless of where Oscar is, whether he's at 6, 8, or 9, like Naquin and Zimmer, if they can get consistency, are pretty similar players and hitters, like and like speed-wise, to Oscar. Yeah. So having any of those three, I don't think we're ever going to have Roberto bat ninth, just because you don't want yeah. Roberto on the bases leading into are we like if you want Roberto you want Roberto to be at third or off the field leading into the top of our order so we don't have to get into the scenario where he's on second and we need a double off the wall to score him because he's so goddamn slow but <laughs> we do have the, guys like Freeman on the bench yeah, though, true. that you could pinch run for yeah. and like Delano de Shields yeah. but i think the best case scenario is we're probably going to have one of the three outfielders at six, Roberto at seven, and then the other two at eight and nine to be contact hitters with a lot of speed to lead into Cesar, Jose, and Lindor, who all can, well, Cesar can kind of hit for power, but who can all hit for like extra bases to drive those guys in, even from first base. So I think dynamic-wise, it's probably one of our best lineups and definitely our most underrated lineup going yeah. into a season that we've seen in the past decade the only one that i think would compare with it 
is when we had Edwin at his peak and Michael Brentley in the same lineup. Yeah. yeah. Like that one Michael four, yeah. we were just stacked. That like, lineup like one through seven, we yeah. were stacked. Like like I'm pretty we sure We also had Jay Bruce coming in yeah. as well. Oh yeah. That was, Jay Bruce was a god. Yeah. And the yeah. one season of Josh. Honestly, Edwin getting hurt that Yankee series was the reason we lost that series. Yeah. yeah. But I think I honestly like after, I'm excited. After the episode where I said all that crazy stuff about the Indians and how well we were gonna do. I like listened to it and I was like, I sound like a like a Browns fan right now, overhyping, overhyping the, the <laughs> overhyping the hell out of us. Deshaun but, Kaiser's the chosen one. But honestly, like, I'm double, <laughs> I'm doubling down now. I think we are going to do what I said. I I'm expecting 35 ish wins, maybe more, which would be an insane season. We're predicted to have like 31. We'll see. I don't know how. We'll see if Minnesota, like if. If Donaldson has the season he had last year and, like, yeah. the guys, Minnesota's pitching staff, like, if Odorizzi continues over and still is an all-star pitcher and the guy they picked up from the Dodgers is still that, like, and Berrios and the guy they picked up from the Dodgers are still great, like, I, it's going to be hard for us to be mm-hmm. the number one team in the AL Central, but it's definitely possible. Yeah, the season, whether or not we're a wild card team, well, I'm just going to put away the possibility, like throw this shit away. <laughs> we're we're not not making the playoffs. Oh my. So whether whether or not we're a wild card team or winning the AL Central solely comes down to those 10 games against the Twins in my opinion. All right, for me, I think that uh this season, I think we're going to actually beat the Minnesota uh Twins. And win the division. I think I said that in our first uh, MLB preview, but I think that our like our lineup one through nine is really really good. I think our we're really good defensively, and our pitching we have such good starters that like our relief pitching doesn't even like need to be the best. But I I think just overall all around we're better than the Twins, and I think we will beat them and. Uh, Get around a three seed in the playoffs this year. I I don't know if we'll beat the Twins. I think I think the safe bet would probably be wild card right now, just because we've seen Plea Seconds of Valley and all these guys have great potential, but I'm not sure like if they can continue with that. So we might have to rely on the top of our rotation, and then when those guys get there, we I don't really want to have to rely on the bullpen because it's just unproven. We have a lot of young guys in there, and besides really. Like, even Karinczak is unproven, even though he's yeah. shown great spurts. The only guy we can really trust is Brad Hand and maybe Adam Simber. So, if we don't have to rely on the bullpen, I think we'll be in a really good spot. And then, obviously, if all our pieces fall together offensively in the bottom half of the order, I think we'll beat the Twins. But I just don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, the main reason why I have us beating the Twins is, like, statistically last year, besides our young starting pitchers and Carlos Santana, everyone underperformed. Well, Lindor probably performed at the level he should. He was injured in the... Yeah, and he was injured at the start. But everyone underperformed on our roster. Except Mercado. Well, yeah, but well, there was no nothing to compare Mercado to. True. So we'll see whether or not Mercado underperformed last year. But, like, the entire team underperformed. Like, especially Jose. Like, Jose was the big, big hole. And we had basically a guaranteed out at second base in any of our lineups because we just didn't have a real second baseman. So adding Cesar Hernandez, who I think is going to be the best addition in the MLB this year, like, sure. like Garrett Cole? You can, you can say one of the, like, big, big ones, like Mookie Betts or Garrett Cole. I'm pretty sure Garrett I think, Cole is going to be the best addition. I think, I think Cesar is going to be, like, the best under-the-radar 
addition. Okay, because I, like, of course, that. like Anthony Rendon is going to be better than him this year. Like that doesn't count saying that. That doesn't. Like that's that's yeah, not like it, that's not you like. You did say best addition, not. Right, Man, I, I for, 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 like. for money wise, he might be. I think he's gonna have an amazing season for us. Honestly, he's gonna, Cole's worth the money. He's gonna, a beast. he's gonna add so much to our team. And because the majority of our team underperformed last year, and we added like a good second baseman to fill the uh, hole in our team. And if you look at the twins team, all of them overperformed last year, I think we'll beat them. But I think that's about all the analysis we're gonna give on the season this uh, so far, we'll talk about the Indians throughout the season when they're ten and zero off the rip. We'll discuss that <laughs> easily on the pod and just talk about how we're going to win the World Series. So we're going to wrap it up now. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to check out past ones, maybe our past Indians preview or stuff on the Browns and Cavs. We also have a cool series going on that we're going to wrap up pretty soon where we're going through each position in the NBA and discussing the rankings of those positions. So I would definitely check that out for a lot of cool analysis on the league in general. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MadDogPod. Like our posts, comment on them. Uh, Really... Just help us out with any suggestions you may have. Like we love to have conversations with you guys on Twitter. Uh, just anything really helps us. Make sure to also rate uh, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean, and also share it with a couple friends that you think might be interested. Get in the conversation on the social media, and thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode.